Hundreds of miles southwest of Scrapwall, a massive thunderstorm hangs over the Dagger River. Lightning strikes a tree, splitting it in half. Half the trunk drops into the rushing water and rolls downstream a few hundred feet, wedges itself in the mud along one bank. The rain keeps rolling down harder and harder as the river pushes harder and harder, driving that tree trunk like a wedge into the side of the river. It's hard to say what causes it. The steady drumbeat of the rain, the unrelenting torrent of the dagger, that little extra nudge from the broken tree. But all at once, a wall of mud breaks free from the bank. It shifts just a few inches at first, breaking off from the shore, and then sloughs down into the river, blending browns and grays into the swirling, rushing current. Where once there was a seemingly solid riverbank, something very different remains. It's mud-encrusted, darkened by age, but the presence of work glassite panels is unmistakable. A chamber of some sort sits largely submerged in the water, but partially above the new surface. There's something there. A hatch, perhaps? The rain keeps beating down on this new, ancient artifact, and as we pull away, a light flashes on it. Something is waking up. Something is turning on. This is Pot Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the Pathfinder actual play podcast where the malls are only open at night and the androids are oh so dreamy. I'm your host, and here's everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey. Just leaving silence. Good night, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) To leave the obligatory awkward silence, and if you all say hey too fast, then it's all at the end of it instead. Well, last time we left the Very Capable Four, they returned to Redtooth's Warren and dropped off Heath, the aberration sconce that is now hanging from the ceiling voluntarily, holding up a light in the recesses of a Yosoki nest, and then returned to the Clockwork Chapel, having some deep-pointed conversations along the way, uh, doing some much-needed Very Capable bonding, Fixing a gun and uh, learning some spells, maybe. Healed uh, Brixby's wisdom damage, and then I was off to the night market to buy a bunch of stuff and sell a bunch of drugs. And that was about it. And when we left, I believe an interesting little green fellow was approaching the party. And that's where we are right now. Hey, there's a little interesting green fellow approaching. Should we brace for action? Yeah, do we notice him on his approach? Or are we too distracted with the capitalism? Those dreamy androids. Dreamy androids. Oh, I think it's very much like the high school to pick up on the metaphor from last episode. It's very much like when the um, the coolest kid in the high school appears and sort of 
gets hit directly with the lighting and has that sort of glowing outline and everyone else stands off to the side for them to do their thing, definitely. Vargas will look over at Invaya and say, what about him? That is, uh, I don't think he's technically a Lord of Rust. He's uh, more of an independent contractor, but he, he works with them. Good enough. And Vargas is going to attempt to get to him before the rest of the party does. Which I don't know if that's like a, a foot race roll. Well, is anybody else rushing to, to this goblin? I think if Vargas takes off charging towards something, both Kira and Brixby are going to do that like eyebrow race and then just kind of look after him and then just, we'll scuttle up, but you're definitely going to win. Yeah. I mean, he's not like rushing like he's going to dive tackle him. He's just like moving with intent. <laughs> I mean, regardless, I feel like you otherwise sulk. That is your <laughs> preferred modus method of travel operandi yeah so i mean to see you sulk quickly uh we might we might trail you so yeah he's gonna go up to this very uh, garishly dressed goblin and say i think you may be looking for my companions and i and the goblin uh with a big grin on his face with the sun even though it's night the sun, glint, the moonlight, let's say, glints off of his gold tooth, and uh, he grins up at Vargas and goes, "I think you might be right. Hey, uh, Jimmy Fame here. Uh, you one of the very capable four? Yes, that's us. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, Jimmy Fame, Jimmy Fame. And he's gonna. He reaches into his uh, shirt and rustles around for something. He goes, "Here. He's got a gun." <laughs> Take my business card and he'll pull out a little scrap of paper that just says a drawing of him on it and then he's smiling and sort of pointing a finger at you. Goes, perfect, perfect. Now, goblins don't write, so, uh, but everybody knows what, what this means, right? And uh, <laughs> hand off the uh, business card to Vargas and whether or not you take it, he'll let go of it. So if you don't take it, it just falls to the ground. Yeah, no, I think he reaches out and takes it. The hands go right back to his lapels and he'll pop them up and goes, perfect, perfect, great. Uh, hey, hey, how are y'all doing? How are we feeling tonight, eh? Well, feeling in the need to talk. I understand you sometimes act as a hired representative of a certain group. Nobody hires Jimmy Fame. Jimmy Fame only works for Jimmy Fame. You get it? Jimmy Fame. But, uh, I know how to talk to people, and, you know, sometimes people like to talk to me, if you know what I mean, Jimmy Fame. And, uh, Jimmy Fame, I think Jimmy Fame knows who you're talking about. Jimmy Fame. Move action, detect evil. <laughs> Uh, he does not detect his evil. Cool, cool. I like to think that when he says that he works for only Jimmy Fame, that he works for a separate and different Jimmy Fame. But <laughs> only... <laughs> There's a Seinfeld episode 
with a guy that keeps talking to Elaine in third person, and I think his name is actually Jimmy. Oh, no. And she thinks he's talking about somebody else. That is Jimmy, and it, it, we think it's because of his shoes that he speaks in third person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because that's also when Rick Kramer has the moon shoes. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that in reverse. But Vargas, looking around, realizing the rest of the uh, VC4 have caught up to him, will say, I'd like to request an audience with one of a pair of works a priest of Hellion named Malachi, or the warrior Kalgara. Do you think you could arrange something like that with your... And he kind of looks at his outfit skills. And he'll uh, adjust his lapels again for the at least 30th time in, in the one minute he's been in your presence. He goes, I'm so loud and- Malachi, right? Uh, he's not uh, not usually taking uh, visitors if you if you catch my drift. But uh, Jimmy Fame could uh, definitely, uh, probably, maybe arrange for you to meet uh, the Lady Kagara. Now that's uh, Jimmy Fame. That's a that's a steep price. Hey, Jimmy Fame thinks that uh, Kagara usually only meets people when uh, it's time for their heads to. Uh, if uh, you know what Jimmy Fane means, Jimmy Fane. He'll look at him and he'll say, I think if you give her the message that Mianda sent us, she'll want to speak to us. <laughs> and really hope he doesn't have to roll a bluff. That's a name Jimmy Fame hasn't heard in quite a while. Interesting, interesting. Now, uh, the reason that uh, Jimmy Fame comes looking for you is uh because uh, a couple of the lords of rust they've been asking jimmy fame about these these outsiders they've been making all sorts of noise jimmy fame but uh not kolgara kolgara is more of a higher level type now what jimmy fame don't get jimmy fame wrong he could get you a conversation with kolgara but it, that's uh He's not sure it's the kind of conversation you'll be looking for, Jim Fane. But uh, if you wanted to talk to, say, somebody a bit taller, Jimmy Fane could arrange that mighty easy. Quick out-of-character question. Is it an Etten or a Troll? What is the giant subtype that they have with them? Uh, you've heard both mentioned. Oh, we have heard both? Okay. Yeah, the Troll has kind of been spoken of as like the the one who generally fights in the Scrapmasters arena or is like the face of the organization kind of thing, but they also have an end that's been mentioned. So he's going to say back this taller acquaintance of yours. Is he have one head or two? Well, uh, <laughs> somebody's been doing his homework, and, and for once it ain't Jimmy Fame. Not that Jimmy Fame ever neglects his homework, Jimmy Fame, as long as he doesn't have to write. Because that steals the words right out of your head, Jimmy Fame. Now, uh, we got both varieties, actually. One-headed and two-headed. Uh, tall, tall ladies. My one-headed friend would be the one who'd be interested in talking to you most, Jimmy Fame. 
Well, allow me to uh, speak with my companions here for a moment, and we'll decide whether or not to accept your offer. If you'll just bear with us. All right, Jimmy Fame will definitely not just stand here listening to your conversation, Jimmy Fame. And I will say for the other members, like, this is one of those things sort of like when he freaked out when we saw the uh, automaton in the ship. Like, this is a side of Vargas that they probably have not seen before. Like, he's acting much more civil than he normally does. And it's probably kind of weird. 19 cents motive. Is Jimmy Fame going to stand here and listen to our conversation? No, he's going to run in circles and listen to our conversation. <laughs> Jimmy Fame is totally going to listen to your conversation. I believe he's lying to us. Jimmy Fame has no Jimmy shame. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. They're probably around the same height. Bricks turns around. State the terms. We're supposed to meet you, tall friend. Sorry, it's the invitation for all of us. Yeah, sure. The, the more the merrier, Jimmy Fame. Now, uh, my tall friend, uh, Jimmy Fame, ah, she'd like to see what all you could do if you want to come down to the Scrapmaster's Arena at your earliest convenience, Jimmy Fame. We could arrange a little, uh, little show, Jimmy Fame. Four on one. Uh, we could do one on one, we could do two on two, three on three, four on four. Uh, ah. I would go higher, but, uh, Jimmy Fame thinks you might be out of people after that. But, uh, you know, we can, uh... Now, I'd be happy to put you out of people, Jimmy. I was just trying to understand if, uh, the invitation was one on one to dance, or... Oh, this analogy doesn't work like a square dance or something <laughs> where we're all just stomping on a... I think that's, um... It's a Galton thing. They do that in Galt. Anyway, yeah, all right. Turns back around to the group. They want this one-on-one -on -one thing. He says it in Zach's voice <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> it's really creepy. Whoa. Oh, Zach's back in the game. Oh, no. His like, eyes roll back in his head. His mouth just sags open and Zach's voice comes out. That level in medium was a real surprise. Oh, no. Ivania. Uh, sorry. Uh, well, I mean, she's she's part of our... Is she part of our huddle? You want to summon her into the huddle? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, when... Jimmy says, one-on-one. -on -one. How stringent is that? I'm asking her specifically, because I don't want to ask Jimmy the rules of the game. I'm just like, like, are we going to go there, do a one-on-one -on -one where we can sit on the sidelines and help? Or is it like, by no means, you know, yeah, are we just going to square one of you up against the troll? And also, is it like an exhibition match, or... Is this like an actual fight to the death against the troll? <laughs> well, you didn't ask Jimmy Fame. Well, I'm asking the first part of her because I trust her more. <laughs> as someone who's maybe attended at least one scrap. Well, I believe they would be uh, watching closely for outside interference. Uh, they have spellcasters of their own they're familiar with. The idea of uh, outside support, and I, I think... I'm not sure if they would start interfering 
like you were, or if the entire situation would break down into something much more chaotic. But not every fight in the Scrapmaster's arena is a, a fight to the death. Are we talking blood sport, or are there some sort of rules? Well, uh, Jimmy Fame thinks that uh, that particular idea is... Uh, <laughs> It's a flexible. It's everything's flexible. You know, you gotta be able to Jimmy Fame. You know, you gotta roll <laughs> with the Jimmy Fame. Jimmy Fame. So. And Vargas uh, turns around from Dinvaya, <laughs> who is asking that question to, to just glare at Jimmy Fame. Not you, Jimmy. Jimmy Fame said he was listening. Jimmy Fame was listening. It's very difficult to understand you. Jimmy Fame, sorry, he will speak more slowly. Jimmy Fame. Yes, Asher Hillich. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten the question. <laughs> oh, so we were originally asking, uh, do you want to fight to the death or not? Jimmy Fame and Vargas right now. No, we were asking, do you want to fight to the death in the future? <laughs> Is the fight against the troll going to be a fight to the death, or is it just kind of like an exhibition match? To yeah, and if so, like what? What is the win condition? Push him over. Like Jimmy said, it's uh, it's all flexible. It could be to the death if you want it that way. I'm sure Helskog would be more than willing. But uh, you know, she doesn't lose a lot of fights to the death if you know what Jimmy Fame's saying. She could, she could do an exhibition bout, or hey, you could fight a lesser opponent if you want. You could fight somebody that uh, she picks out for you. Now, uh, you said before you were interested in Kalgara. I think uh, she would want to do a one-on-one kind of deal if you were going that route. If someone were to, say, have a one-on-one fight with this Hellscarb, not to the death, just to the point where one challenger was proven to be superior to the other. Is that the kind of thing that could get that person possibly a audience with Calgara? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's the kind of turns Jimmy Fame thinks he could get the Lords of Rust to agree to. Not to fight, you understand. I don't want to challenge her in the arena, not unless we have to. You just want to talk to the big lady in charge, Jimmy Fame? That's correct. Yeah, Jimmy Fame thinks he can provide that for you. Jimmy Fame. Provided you win, of course. Of course, Asher I think uh, Vargas is going to look at the rest of the group and say... Would everyone here be okay with, uh, well, with one of us? And I'm more than happy to be the volunteer having a one-on-one fight against a troll. Uh, Kira's canonically been bouncing up and down since one-on-one fight was mentioned. (laughs) Oh, I was almost ready to volunteer myself. Could be exhilarating. But I would hate to deprive you of that joy, Kira. Well, I haven't seen you this excited since the glitter was on sale at Joanne's. Well, she has, it's like a once per year sale, so it's a really big deal. I can, 
I can fight whatever. Do you all get to come with me if we, when I win? I mean, to the talking. That's the uh, second thing I wanted to run past everyone. Regardless of who we choose as our champion, I would like to be the one to have the conversation with Kalgara. I can't think of a person I'd prefer to negotiate with the war in chief. Should we arm wrestle for it? He's actually gonna look at uh, Kira, like an inch taller than him, covered in weapons, and kind of like nod and go, I don't think we need to arm wrestle over it. <laughs> Yay! Not one to like to admit it, but I'm not exactly in the physical shape that I once was. Did you used to be a triangular or something? <laughs> uh, he's going to ask uh, Jimmy. What are the usual rules in the arena on, well, let's call it pre-buffing? Ah, Jimmy would say anything goes. Anything you can bring with you into the arena. Uh, why not, right? Uh, but there is a, a little matter, Jimmy Fane, of what you would be offering the Lords of Rust, uh, Jimmy Fane, in the unlikely, let's say, event that you uh, are not victorious, Jimmy Fane. How about the opportunity to rout out the only gang bad enough to take not only the head of a manticore? but commit terrorism alongside a mindless joker. And also put a shirtless madman gesturing over to Clarence at, at the head of a gang arbitrarily. And they could have all the big bad daddy points that we'd acquired. We could also, as I mentioned earlier, give them some information on a certain high priestess who has been MIA for several weeks. And like six goo tubes, which is the number we're allowed to give out before people start starving. It's true. <laughs> but mostly the first thing, unless you're chicken. So, uh, you willing to leave Scrapwall? If you lose this one-on-one -on -one exhibition, is that what Jimmy Fame is hearing? Like, and I think at that, like, that's a that's a hard like. Kira's excited about this troll thing, and then she hears that all of us for forever. Now you tell Jimmy, Jimmy Fame. So, what's up to offer? It's that. We leave Scrapwall, or we get to talk to Kogara. That, I don't know. I mean, I'm no Abadarian, but those, those scales don't look balanced to me. You didn't get to where you were making lopsided deals, did you, mate? Jimmy Fame is out to make sure everybody's happy, Jimmy Fame. Exactly. I'm not happy with the terms. So you're speaking to the manager of Big Stuff behind me right now. And if we're going to see an exhibition, HBO, Hell in the Cell, brother, fight. <laughs> just Sorry, just clears his throat a little bit. Um, 
We're gonna need better terms than that. Sure, meeting Kalkara is fine, but, uh... What do you think, gang? Also, all the information they have on Hellion as well. I don't want to leave Scrapwall until I... I'm looking for someone. So if we have to leave... We're not going to leave Scrapwall. He says, not even looking back, still making eye contact. The two tiniest members of the retinue <laughs> looking at each other. As if to imply, there are other ways to get into Scrapwall. We might have blown one of them up, but I'm sure there's another. Um, but yeah, you know, I just... She sounds charming, but I can't imagine just a... The moment of a time is worth well. Look at the talent behind me, mate. We don't wield this out for anything. Well, uh, and what else are you asking for, or what else are you offering? Turns around. Jimmy Fane. So, information on Hellion? I don't know. Because, like, maybe we could learn, like, weaknesses or something, something about them. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's going to, like, overdo their... I don't know what else we can bargain for. I kind of just, I just I saw an opportunity and I went for it without thinking about what I wanted on the other side. So I'm going to turn around pretending like I know what I want, but hmm. do you guys have any ideas? What's that? Or we offer something else instead of us leaving that's less valuable. Like the clockwork chapel? <laughs> Ten vias, excuse me. <laughs> that is a spoken for. I mean, exclusive training opportunities with a scrap golem. <laughs> oh, that's fun. All right, you drive a hard bargain. We'll give you everything Marrow is owned that isn't time worn. Uh, they've probably heard that we knocked it all down. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... Um, I mean, it could be basically money or loot. The yeah. money equivalent. Well, I think we should sweeten the deal with money at this point, unless anyone sees anything that's better than that. Well, I just think... Uh, though The problem is uh, Jimmy Fame probably doesn't get it, but I feel like information on what the heck happened with Mianda and her mission and why... The signal stopped and all that, and where she is seems like it would be a pretty big bargaining chip. But the problem is, I don't think this guy realizes how big of a bargaining chip that could be. So I'm not sure we can really use it with him. I mean, we can always try. We can always. Well, how about this, mate? Uh, maybe we don't need any information on Hellion. Perhaps he needs some information from us. Like, uh, why that sweet, sweet juice stopped flowing. You can see if, uh, him or his flunkies or whatever are agreeable to our terms, our champion will be there. They don't have anything valuable to offer in the way of information or see our counteroffer as useful. Wanna see us leave for you to lose. Forces a laugh at that. Then, I would expect some monetary compensation on top of what I imagine to be the fine company of Kolgara. 
Jimmy's gonna sort of look over the very capable four and think for a second and say, uh, well, uh, the worst we could do is ask, right? Jimmy wants to make sure that everybody's happy. Jimmy Fame is in the business of making people happy. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll tell them what you say and, uh, where can Jimmy Fame uh, find you? To let you know if the deal is on, or you just wanna show up at the Scrapmasters Arena, say, uh, tomorrow. Jimmy Fane. I like the second one. Mm hmm. Because there's literally no way you're gonna determine where we're staying, standing yeah. alongside the cleric of Bray. <laughs> Jimmy goes, well, all right, uh, Jimmy Fame will present your case, and, uh, he'll see you tomorrow. And, uh, we might be in for quite the show. Quite the show indeed. Jimmy Fame. Don't lose that card. Finger guns. <laughs> Asher, point your card at him. No, it's a neutral place, Kira. I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression. He just did it. His fingers. Kira will reluctantly finger gun back. You're supposed to say your name. Finger guns, Kira Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy Fame will take his leave. Well, that was an interesting fellow. Is it normal for goblins to simply say their name repeatedly? I'll be honest, I've encountered few of them. Yeah, I've never met one who does that either. I would be remiss if I would not thank Game Raccoon, a.k.a. who tweeted this for the Jimmy Fame artwork, which I'm sure I will be remembering to share when this episode comes out. Please do. Oh, yeah. The world should see. Yes, please. Brixby wheels around and looks up at Kira. So, uh... Big stuff. Um, well, I, uh, hmm. he, uh, he looks down. I mean, he was all talk before, but now he's like thinking about the ramifications of, uh, of this battle. How do you feel? Well, at first I just kind of wanted to help out, but I think, well, my mom said she found me here, or, or or there, at the arena with another... I don't know, maybe if we go there and I fight, I can find out some way to track her down. So, I don't know, even if we can't... If nothing else works out, maybe this part will. I mean, I, I want to fight. I want to help. And then it's like a fun perk to maybe... Meet my birth mom, yay! Also, there's a potential chainsaw involved eventually, so like, yes, let's let's go and smoosh <laughs> some things. Oh, I don't have fire. Do we need fire? Well, we can also use acid. Can we roll um, some knowledges on trolls together, Sam, as a group? Yeah, those are knowledge local on trolls. Yeah, also I was going to ask around to see if anybody knew about Hellskarg and 
Like, we don't know Hellskirk's, you know, class for, for what it's worth or favored types of weapons or things that kind of give Kira an idea of what to expect. Uh, you could roll a diplomacy for a gather information. Cool, yeah, I'll do that. What do we get on those knowledge rolls on trolls? Nine. Got a natural 19 for a 23. We got an 18 for a 27. Well, you both get the basic information, and Vargas gets two questions, while Brixby gets three. Trolls are large humanoid creatures of the giant subtype with rough green hide. Their hands end in claws, and their bestial face have hideous tusked underbites. They possess incredibly sharp claws and amazing regenerative powers, allowing them to recover from nearly any wound. They're stooped, fantastically ugly, and astonishingly strong. Combined with their claws, their strength allows them to literally tear apart flesh to feed their voracious appetites. They stand around 14 feet tall, but their hunched posture usually makes them appear shorter. An adult troll weighs around a thousand pounds. What questions, if any, do you have about trolls? I mean, between five, is there like more to learn? I mean, it's been a long time since I've GM something with trolls, but can we like mostly get, I mean, I don't know, not to remove the novelty of it, but. I mean, I think you can get pretty close to everything. As far as defenses go, they have regeneration is the main thing, which can be stopped by acid or fire. And that only stops it for that next round, correct? Yeah. But if they're unconscious when the regeneration's off, then they can actually be killed. Otherwise, you know, they can't be killed. And they have fight and two claw attacks, and if they land both claws, they also get a rend. So that's fun. That is one of the very few troll things I know. I have lost a character that exact way before. I will never do it again, knock on wood. Never again. They're pretty dangerous. Any other specifics you might want to know? I mean, they have no weaknesses other than what stops their regeneration. They have no, like, class spell-like abilities or anything. I was going to say, just because since we're, like, dealing with this one diplomatically or attempting to, apparently, what's their intelligence (laughs) on average? Uh, They usually run, like, you know, intelligent enough to converse, but not like actually smart creatures you know you're you're talking like a six yeah it just seems weird that like one of these things would send this guy out to find (laughs) and we don't we did we come down on a place that doesn't have to die we're just gonna fight it until i don't know partial melt and just basically knock it unconscious i think was the what we agreed to (laughs) kind of yeah which is where Kira would stop anyway. Which, considering if they allow it, Brix and I are going to basically be spending every single spell slot buffing you up before this fight shouldn't yes. be too much of an issue. I think I imagine there's room for everyone else to get involved, which would be so much fun. And we could just have a giant brawl. A giant brawl. We have that option of doing four on four. Or three on three, or two on two. I mean, this might not be our last run in the arena, either. This might just be the start. I have a feeling that, like, 
we're not going to be able to parlay. I mean, if we could, I'm not to assume she's like the BBG or anything, but if we could parlay the BBG, I'd be so down. Except by we, I mean you. And be and be largely, largely Asher. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So now that we know we have that fight coming up, though, the question is, is there anything else last minute we want to try to buy at the night market? Do we want to get some alchemist fire? Or? Let's see. I mean, Kira can cast shield on themselves. I can cast shield on them as well. Um, trying to imagine off the top of my head. Yeah, anything that we could get would, if we're buying like scroll-based buffs, most of them... Well, I'm planning to cast on Kira both long arm and enlarge person. <laughs> the 20 foot reach is going to be nuts together. So off the top of my head, I think like things we could benefit from for Kira could be protection from evil because her deflection bonus is still one. So it could go up by one. Not that I think that she's going to have any like mind affecting Oh, that's another question. Are trolls usually uh, evil alignment? Yeah. Generally, yeah. That's what I figured. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we could try that. That's like a relatively cheap level one spell that we could throw into a scroll that Asher could cast or I could cast. or It just ups their AC by one for pretty much nothing. Asher could prepare it. I only have one spell a day, but it's on a spell list. So, yeah, there's that too. I mean... I don't know. It's hard to imagine like too many spell buffs that we could buy that wouldn't come endogenously from us. I just don't have a ton. I think we're probably good at the market then, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think we're good, yeah. Are you then um, planning to head on back to Dinvaya's and call it a night? Yeah, our champ needs to eat, like, five steaks and, I don't know, <laughs> punch a bag and then pass out or whatever, like, boxers do. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm going to carbo load. There's, like, water, and then and then tomorrow don't drink any water? Is that... Yeah, only raw eggs. That's all you get tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you crack the raw eggs into the glass. It's like you eat a bag and punch steaks. I think that's how it goes. Oh, uh, that's how go. it goes. I think there might be a little bit of an issue with Kira getting up into Hellscarg's weight class if she's really a thousand pounds, though. Yeah, that's a lot of pounds. Well, how much does giant Kira weigh if we cast when we, once we cast a large person? Oh, that's a good point. True. Times yeah. six. You don't. You don't ask that question, dude. Probably a lot more than a thousand. <laughs> yeah, because you increase your weight by eight times. You never asked that question, man. I think it's like 16 or something. <laughs> yeah, so if she's like 200 and something, she'd be over 1,600 pounds. Yeah, nice. Just a small elephant. I don't know how much elephants weigh. That's a horse, I guess that's a horse. Yeah. Well, a horse is basically a small elephant. Well, I think walking away from the conclusion of the night market, I the, the the revelry and bustling capitalism will probably go on for a while after you're all gone, but if you're heading back to the Clockwork Chapel, nothing gives you any trouble on your way there. 
Jimmy Fame probably isn't following you and listening to everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> Demvael open up the door for you, and uh, once you're in the Clockwork Chapel, she'll say, uh, So you truly plan to fight a troll one-on-one, to be clear. Well, I'm never, like, alone alone. I have my friends who can cast spells and shoot things from far away. Yes, but they won't be, you know, with the troll in the arena. Mm, You know what? I trust them to not let me die. It's worked like three other times before, so Rob's fine. Do you have any advice or helpful resources? I might be able to prepare some kind of spells to cast uh, the day of, but uh, off the top of my head, I didn't have anything that will save you specifically from a troll. Some sort of troll repellent? It's possible. I will try to think about it. Well, yeah, uh, we don't expect any... um assistance to come but just a bit before the fight i believe that's what most of our resources have but yeah if you don't mind uh praying to that voice in bronze for anything that can help our champ here yes i I will consult the whisper and we'll see what we can do the listeners couldn't see my roll 20 note that i only had a 15 on diplomacy to gather info about Hellskarg specifically. Was that enough to get anything at all? It's pretty low. Your GM didn't see that either. Ayo. <laughs> With a 15, I mean, I think that you'll probably find one person who at least has seen her fight and goes, uh, she usually has uh, like a like a chariot kind of thing and she rides all around the arena and she to run straight over you, but she's got a... That's, that wouldn't be for a one-on-one, because she has, like, ogres pulling that for her, so... If you're doing a one-on-one, she'll probably shoot you. She's got, like, this gun she's got that can shoot like a like a hook. She'll shoot a hook at you, and then uh, pull you right over to her, and then she'll bite your head off. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna be dead. Is, is what I'm saying. She's she's going to sh- shoot you with a gun and bite your head off. Well, if it's an auto-grapnel, that's at least a slow-firing weapon, so it's a, all you can really do in a, a round of combat to fire it, but thank you for information. I'm going to also go back to the night market real quick and buy some Kevlar for Kira <laughs> to raise that touch AC by 8. And then just another... Autograpnel, and then like three more party members. Secret invisible party members to file in with her. Hanging out there. Does Kira have time to train with Vargas to retrain one of her feats to then take deflect arrows so she can just swat away? (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. I would happily give up. Maybe not a power attack. I love that too. Yeah, there's a spell 
I saw it when I was looking through earlier to see if I had that one from Mero's book, and I can't think of what it's called, but it was like a third level spell that blocks arrows. A uh, wind wall. Wind wall was what I was thinking of, though. Yeah, but I didn't know if protection from arrows would work against something as big as. Uh, I'm assuming it's like Jeff's gun. Because this is this thing's two feet thick of roaring hurricane force winds. Like, I, like it's easier to argue that would stop it than deflect arrows. Oh, totally. But on that note of stuff that is accessible, I think I just have to double check if this is something that Kira can cast. But she can have a fun little bit of. Never mind. Uh, I thought you could cast Obscuring Mist. So, um, yeah, you can't. Well, I'm going to cast uh, Mirror Image on her. Yeah, and I've got Auto Blur Earth Rage. So. Yeah. Totally. I just wanted to disadvantage someone that uses, like, you know, ranged weapons against the melee person. But, yeah, it doesn't really look like something that we can do. I'm going to be so mad if Kira walks in there and gets shot. I mean, between the blur and the images, that should be pretty good. We get, like, foam, little, like, lucerne hammers from the audience to wave and be like, yeah, Kira. Tomorrow, the, the only thing that I can really cast on Kira is shield and expeditious retreat. So she has uh, an increase to her movement speed of 30 feet. So that'll be fun. Yeah, fun solid. Giant fast Kira. Protection from arrows is on the Blood Rager list if we wanted to try and buy a scroll. Kira could cast it on herself and it would last an hour. Mm, That's a long time. (sighs) Yeah. Well, it would last minimum three hours because it's a level two. That's right, hour per level, so even better. And that gives um, DR10 magic against all ranged weapons. Yeah, how about we retcon in <laughs> a little little casual roll to see if we can buy that scroll from old Drooly yeah. Julie's scroll porting. It doesn't even have to be that retcon. We didn't know we were going to be fighting a troll when we went shopping. Which, you know, Asher was trying to get that diplomacy to figure out information. There's a lot of great RP. He totally might have found that out at the night market. Got that D100 roll. Who's rolling it? I think it has to be Kira. Izzy is great dice luck anyway. I'm going to doom you if I keep saying this, so I'm going to stop. Yeah, but... This is, I'm not rolling dice. I'm having to type it in. Remember that time I rolled a one? Uh, oh, hey. Hey, you got it. Hey. One scroll of protection from arrows. And it's free because it's above 90 that you rolled. That's, love that. Sadly. Wow, love that. That roll. is not to be. It's like, wow, that's so nice. Okay. How, how much, how much is it? However much level two scrolls are, we'll, we'll figure that out off air. It's on the sorcerer spell list, so that would be 200. Cool. So we got that. I guess Brix is going to spend the night learning protection from arrows and putting it in his book. Yeah, so we're just going to add 40 onto that protection from arrows cost to cover my scribing it in as well. Anything else you want to accomplish this evening before... 
rolling over to the next day, the uh, 23rd of Eridus. I'm good. Is everybody else good? I think so. Yeah, Asher is going to be in the morning, not to move fast forward us, but he's preparing a different spell, something he's going to cast on Kira. Oh, wait. Sorry to keep doing this, gang. But there's also a spell called Bullet Shield at level two, which gives you a plus four deflection bonus against firearm and ranged attacks. In addition to the DR, we could cast that as a separate thing and be a real group of jerks, but it would cost us a little bit more. But we would know it forever. And you have the time to learn all those and then still get the full night's rest to be able to cast them? I think I can only learn one today, and then I think I could start to do one tomorrow before we went. I think bullet shield would be useful to have eventually in a firearm campaign. Yeah. The uh, the plus four deflection is interesting because, at least in the first range increment, touch AC isn't going to even be affected by that. It's all an hour. Studying a scroll it always is an hour. It's what costs longer is is like making a scroll. So if I remember like level two and pretty much everything above, I can only do like one of those a day where it's only like level one. I can do like one every hour or something like that, but it only takes one hour to study the spell. And then I have to make a spellcraft check, which is DC 15 plus the spells level to put it in there. We talked about it before the, my spellcraft being, at the number that it is, which is 10. If I take 10, I can just pop it in the book with, with nothing. So I could spend two hours putting both those spells in my book, prepare them tomorrow, and put them on Kira if we wanted. You do have to roll on that bullet shield as well. Yeah, it's, it's up to people. It's, you know, it's the party's money. It, I don't care about giving up the spell slots. I mean, like we said, there are spells that sound like they're probably going to be useful for the entire rest of the campaign from what we've seen so far. Like, we literally fought an entire gang that only used guns already. All right. I'll roll a D100 on this one. Let's see if it, let's see if it exists. I might regret this. All right. 84. We'll be purchasing that for the exact same price that we also purchased protection from arrows. And I will add both of those to my spell book. Just dropping the gold into Julie's jar as she stares vacantly. <laughs> stares off into the middle distance. Oh man, Julie is going to go on such a shopping spree with all this money. Oh uh, yes, not a bender. No, no, she could invest into a good rehab program. Yeah, this is... Julie's big break, she's going to turn her life around. No, she's going to blow it all in crypto. We all know it. <laughs> Julie. Alright, so. After, you know, a nice easy day of traumatizing brain invaders and tentacle beasts and some light shopping and bonding, the very capable four will once again drift off to sleep in the confines of the 
never quite quiet clockwork chapel and as everyone drifts off to sleep Vargas as you sort of transition into that deeper darker place that you sometimes find your way to in the night you find yourself standing once again in that ship under the mountain in that room where you fought Mayanda not so long ago. But the room is empty now. It's all washed out and almost gray hanging over everything. Even the reactor isn't really glowing at all. It's all just kind of dim and lifeless. And none of your companions are there. But standing before you, maybe ten feet away, is a hulking seven-foot-tall figure or more of just black iron armor with dents and scrapes and chips in it from thousands and thousands of battles and no, no seeming features other than the armor itself and it stands there across from Vargas and as you're looking at it these strange ripples start to move across the surface of the armor almost bulging it out tiny ones and at first it's just one and then another and just skittering all over it as if there were bugs moving inside the armor but the bugs are hard enough to push the the metal surface out of it and a thought occurs to you those those tiny machines in the healing gun, the nanites, they're, they're inside this figure. And they're climbing through it and they seem to get faster and more vigorous and there's more of them and maybe they're, they're bigger. And they're climbing all through, making their way into the, this being doesn't seem to have blood vessels, but if it did, they would be just teeming through them. And as you're looking at it, you realize that this figure is different. It, it doesn't look like that dull iron of a completely utilitarian suit of armor. It's, it's chrome, and it's polished, and the surfaces are smooth, and they're joined with rivets and welds. And it looks a lot more like a gearsman than that familiar figure in black armor. And it's standing there staring at you, still massive, and the movements under its surface die back. Instead, there's all tiny lights all over the creature. And it just takes a single step forward and reaches out a huge hand and grabs for your neck. And then you're awake. And I imagine he <sighs> wakes up with like a start. He has to stop himself from screaming puts his hand to his neck and kind of looks around. It probably takes him a second to remember where he is, what's going on. And he just kind of mutters to himself, I thought, thought coming back here would fix this. Turning on the torch. Why am I still having these visions? And what, what in the world did this one mean? And he's just kind of going to stare off, trying to figure it out. This probably happened, like, well before morning. But the rest of the night, whether 
Vargas can get back to sleep or not, you can still get credit for a night of rest, <laughs> mechanically speaking. But the rest of the night will pass without much incident. And morning comes, it's the 23rd of Eridus, the day Kira is going to fight a troll by herself. <laughs> oh, good morning, very capable four. Good morning, Sam. Hey, Sam. Good morning. <laughs> Still not giving you that level up, though. No, I wasn't going to ask. It's always so close. It's so close. We were still waiting for it. I know. I could... We were all holding Anytime up. he says, as the, the very capable before, as you all, I'm like, ah, uh, this is either going to be bedtime or a level up. Ah, uh, here it is. Especially since <laughs> you had a Vargas dream that I didn't even write. <laughs> that one was new to me, too. Sky metal. Oh, thank you. I'll take... One sky medal from each of you for... No, no thank you. No thank you, please. Well, your meeting with Helskarg is until tonight, so you've got a day in front of you. What would you like to do? Found some protein shakes, probably. <laughs> Jimmy Fame didn't tell us what time it was, Jimmy Fame. Yeah, Jimmy Fame said tomorrow. He didn't say tomorrow night. I think he said evening. Jimmy Fame likes to leave times unspecific. Classic Jimmy. Jimmy Fame. <laughs> Would Asher have the equivalent of a day's time of crafting to craft ammo while we're waiting on this fight? <laughs> or no, and that's fine. Just wondering. I would say if you're not going to be going out and um, doing anything, you're just basically staying in for the equivalent of the adventuring day. Yeah, you can spend the day um, crafting bullets. If we're hanging out here, I know that this automaton thing that we've already taken down is still mostly rubble. But if it's at all possible to get it to animate even a little bit, Kira, I don't know, practice on that. Just, I guess, whacking at this pile of metal stuff. <laughs> I think um, if I can probably get it to, to stand, but it's not really animate at this point. Because it's going to be a, a few more days before I can actually get it moving again but i mean that's fine probably prefer if you not actually hit it oh right now because it had to put it back together already okay yes it's just because um i'm gonna fight a troll and i would love some practice hit stuff do you have another one of these <laughs> uh not at this time you could hit your friend mm, no i think we need all the healing we can you know kind of save up um thanks just go outside and swing the sword i guess it's very wild and chaotic it's probably soups dangerous just re sword safety kids don't swing swords i think vargas is going to follow her out and he's just going to kind of sit against the outside of the building on the least tetanusy looking area and just like watch her practice and occasionally like yell out pointers or 
tips about like fighting bigger creatures than you and stuff. All of what she absorbs. I don't think she says anything. When he comes out, she'll like turn and what? Did you need something? Um, I don't know if he answers that, but either way, she's okay. Yeah, he'll just say, uh, no, I just uh, don't exactly have much else to do, so figure I'll watch you practice. You want to fight? Like fun fight, fun friend fight. I think at that, maybe he'll uh, get up and he'll say, well, the way to do this would make the most sense would be for me to maybe cast a large person on myself, but then I wouldn't be able to cast it on you later. So just try and pretend I'm bigger than you and he'll spar with her. I mean, she can enlarge her own self also. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I forgot you learned that one. You saved those spell slots, champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My one magic missile. Uh, what? Shields, enlarged person, and magic missile? But you got a wand and some scrolls. Yeah. Hey. Oh, that's true. I do have a wand. I forgot about that. Well, I think... You can keep the specifics of the 12,000 buffs that you're going to be casting on Kira before the one-on-one fight with the troll until next week. Because I'm going to bed. Night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. Uh, real quick, so whoever edits can uh, cut this in. Yes, that's us. Because <laughs> I burst out laughing halfway through the first time at Jimmy Fame. <laughs> Nothing's beyond Jimmy Payne. Jimmy Fame. Jimmy, not Jimmy, Jimmy Fame, not Jimmy Payne. <laughs> Forget that. Forget I said that. Forget Jimmy Fame said that. Jimmy Fame said Jimmy Fame. If one of us was to, say, have a one-on-one fight with this, was it Helvetta? What was her name? Helskarg is the troll. Helvetica. It's a Velveeta. Helskarg. I'm mixing the two names together. Fight with the font Helvetica. I think with the intro and some bloopers, we, we probably got an hour. It's quality. It's good. Oh, we should be fine. Yeah. Oh, right. I got to stop my recording. I'm definitely not photoshopping something in another window. <laughs>